the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. It will give them courage new. It will help them to be true. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring out. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Redeeming the Time. I'm your host, Chris Macy, and I am the minister here with the North Valley Church of Christ. Well, last week turned out to be a great week for our vacation Bible school. Our kids uh, all had a great time. We had a few visitors a uh, part of that. And our, our theme for the week was Great Journeys of the Bible. And so over the course of those four days, we talked a lot about what you need to pack for a journey, what are the means of transportation, what is your destination in life's journey, all focusing on our spiritual lives and packing for uh, our spiritual spiritual lives in, in this life and in for the next, and just being prepared and, and bringing the Word of God in our minds and our hearts. And our kids did a fantastic job uh, memorizing Scripture, remembering the stories, and applying the principles that God has laid out there for us. So my uh, hat's off to Jeff Lockridge, a member here at our congregation and a newly um, appointed deacon. And so I think I want to thank him personally for all the work he did, as well as all those who helped in the sections. Uh, Michelle Ihus always puts together a fabulous uh, meal plan for the food section and, and applies it to uh, to the VBS theme as well. Also, over in our crafts section, I want to thank um, Emily Wolf and Stacy Armstrong and uh, Jenny. What was it? I know there were, uh, Jenny Macy and others who've all helped out in that. Uh, Jeff did the class. I worked on the games, but I think I got the best deal of all that. I love doing the games, and so I always enjoy that. All right, today I want us to talk about something that's been in the news lately. Uh, you know, I meant to look it up and find a news article, and I, I'm sorry, I forgot to do this. Um, I think, I'm pretty sure about this, I think the Pope for the Catholic Church announced that um, there would be, or uh, being coming out against capital punishment. In fact, you know what, I'm, I'm sitting right here on my computer, so this is going to be a little awkward, hopefully it's not too loud. I'm going to look that up right now. Uh, Punishment. One of the great things about uh, having internet nowadays, boom, you can pull things right up. Oh, look, here we go right here. Comprehension. Let's see. Pope Francis rewrites Catholicism and the Bible. That's an opinion. Uh, let's see what this says. This is from... Uh, Townhall.com. Dennis Prager wrote this August the 7th. Okay, so very recently. Let me just read it. I'm pretty sure this has got something to do with what we're looking at. 
last week, the Vatican announced that Pope Francis had changed the Catholic Catechism after 2,000 years of teaching that a moral use of capital punishment for murder is consistent with Catholic teaching. The Pope announced that the Catechism, the Church Fathers, and St. Thomas Aquinas, among other great Catholic theologians, were all wrong. And God and the Bible, question mark, they're wrong too. Pope Francis, the product of Latin American libertarian, uh, libertarian, liberation theology, excuse me, along with many other Catholic religious and lay leaders, is remaking Catholicism in the image of leftism. Just as mainstream Protestant leaders have been rendering much of mainstream Protestantism a branch of leftism, and non-Orthodox go on and so forth, um, it is fundamental. Let me. Well, you can go back and read that, but so, but yeah, it does look like uh, Pope Francis uh, is against capital punishment. 2015, Pope Francis wrote, "Today, capital punishment is unacceptable. However, serious the con- uh, condemns crime have been, uh, may have been." So apparently, he's against capital punishment, and apparently, they're changing the view of Catholicism to be against capital punishment. Sorry, I wasn't uh, fully prepared for that, but hey, I got an article here on uh, Dennis Prager, so I always think he does a good job. Um, But let's take a look. I know there's a lot of opinions out there. Some people think it's a good thing. Some people think it's a bad thing. And we all have our opinions. And there are times where I may think, well, does that guy or that person deserve uh, capital punishment? Well, what really matters is, what does God say about the matter? What does the Bible really say? And so I want to spend our time this afternoon looking over to- uh, the topic in the Bible, in both the Old Testament and in the New Testament. And you can find it in both sides, more so in the Old Testament. But I do want to want to look at all of these things. Now, generally, when we think about what is God's uh, principle on capital punishment, we look at the Old Testament, and we know. I mean, it does, you don't have to read long before you find out that there was capital punishment. You look throughout the, the law, it's all over the place. If you commit murder, Leviticus 24, 21, Numbers 35, verse 30, man, you are to be put to death. Also, Exodus chapter 21, verses 28 and 29, death due to negligence after a warning. Deuteronomy 22, verse 25. If you rape, guess what? Man, you're put to death. Do you think that would curb that problem here in America? Do we have a problem with rape in America? We sure do. And if we had a harsher punishment, man, that would, uh, you'd see those numbers go down. Adultery. Adultery. You commit adultery, you're put to death. Kidnapping. You're put to death. Uh-oh, here's one. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 13. In fact, let's, uh, let's turn, I want to turn my Bible over there and take a look at that. I have a, a passage I want to read in a second, so I want to mark that with my little marker. But I want to turn to Leviticus chapter 20. My Bible over there, and looking at verse 13. If there is a man who lies with a male as those who lie with a woman, both of them have committed a detestable act. They shall surely be put 
to death. Their blood guiltness is upon them. Homosexuality, capital punishment. Bestiality, Exodus chapter 22, verse 19, was also, a, if you do that, that's a capital punishment. Um, disrespect toward parents. Interesting. Now, what defines disrespect toward parents? Well, let's look first. Uh, Exodus chapter 21. Well, let's turn over there. Now, remember, folks, this is the Old Testament. We are not under this law. We cannot make this a law and say this is what we ought to do. But I do want us to think about these things and, and examine why it was this way. So Exodus chapter 21, verse 15 he who strikes his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. Whew. That's uh, pretty serious. Uh, verse 17. He who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. Man, that is pretty serious. Now, how do you define those things? Well, I have to really look at the Hebrew words there. I haven't done that. But I'm assuming that when my child was a toddler and they get frustrated and, you know, they actually saw one of them once slap Jenny. And it wasn't hard. just a kind of a, she just got, or he got frustrated and it whack. And man, boom, John, the uh, what that hand and swat that bottom and put them down in their bed and they didn't. Uh, do that, I don't. I don't think it happened much. Uh, maybe two or three times, and that was it. They learned the lesson. Don't do that. And if you raise your children right, they're not going to strike you. But apparently, under the law, uh, the Mosaic law, if you strike your parents, and I think they're talking about teenagers and above, maybe maybe older. I don't know. But if you struck your parents, and I think it's more of a strike of anger, uh, really trying to hurt them. Uh, that's it. You're going to be put to death. You don't disrespect your parents. Unauthorized people approaching sacred furniture. We knew about that one from Numbers chapter 1, chapter 3, uh, and chapter 18. You're put to death. Working on the Sabbath. If you gotta, uh, no, we're not going to get into all the, the Sabbath things, but that was in there. Being a false prophet, worshiping false gods. So those are the 12 things that we could find, that I could find, in the Old Testament that was a punishable act uh, by, uh, you could be punished by capital punishment. Now, before the law came, though, God put forth a principle, though. Just like before the law, God put forth the principle of marriage between a man and a woman. Adam and Eve were married. That's a principle God set forth from the very beginning. Uh, Jesus brought that up when he was uh, talking with the Pharisees, from the beginning, it was not so. Talking about handing a divorce, a certificate of divorce. From the beginning, it wasn't so. In other words, he was pointing to a principle that God set forth in Adam and Eve, or with them, before the law even came. Well, God also gave us a principle before the law came on capital punishment. After the flood, when Noah stepped off the ark, <clears throat> Excuse me. Noah and his family stepped off the ark. Here's what God had to say in Genesis chapter nine, verse six. You know what? Let's um. Yeah, no. Let's just do verse six. Whoever sheds man's blood. Now stop there. I think it's pretty obvious what that says. If you shed 
man's blood. If I were to shed a man's blood, how am I going to do that? Am I you know, taking a needle and pricking their finger and a little drop comes out? It's pretty clear what he's saying. I'm trying to kill the man, or I killed him. I slit them open, their blood comes out, they die. Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. By who? By man. You're going to take that guy and you're going to put him to death or her. For in the image of God, he made man. As for you, be fruitful and multiply, populate the earth abundantly and multiply on it. So before he even gave that principle, which we all know, be fruitful and multiply, we all know that one. But before he gave that, right before that, you kill a man, you die. Don't do it. And I can see why, because you've got to repopulate the earth. Don't do that. But it's a principle that was set forth. Now, there's a lot we could turn to for examples in the Old Testament on capital punishment. There are times where somebody committed a capital punishment um, uh, uh, crime, such as adultery, um, Thinking, looking at you, David, and God spared them. There's mercy. There is mercy. But does everyone deserve that kind of mercy? What about the habitual murderer? What about the one who, who uh, habitually rapes or the uh, beating of their parents? Or uh, whatever it might be, a death due to negligence because they're lazy and they don't want to take care of the person or whatever it might be. Or they walk on by a man half beaten to death left on the side of the road on their way to Jericho. Negligence. Can't do that. And if God immediately punished everybody for doing wrong right away no, with no mercy, there'd be no one left. Because as soon as you sin, you deserve to die. But God extends mercy. He expects us to do the same thing. But the principle of capital punishment is still there. Now let's go look at a passage in Romans. Romans chapter 13. Uh, and we're going to be looking at the beginning of this passage here in just a second. I'm going to grab... One other thing, I got another notebook here. I wanted to grab, pull out. You know, I'm, I put this together because uh, I, I'd, I'd been thinking about it because of the the news that uh, that's been going on with the Catholic Church. But I had a friend of mine ask me about it as well, and when they asked, I, I didn't have all the information in my mind to really answer the question, so I, I kind of struggled with it. And I thought, man, I haven't studied this out in a long time, so I'm doing it for my friend's sake. And also for my own personal study. Now let's take a look at Romans chapter 13. And I want us to read uh, verses 1 through 7. And you'll recognize this passage. We've, we've looked at it before, but never under this context. Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities, Paul writes. For there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. All right, on that first verse, Paul's saying, look, governments are ordained by God. He's talking to the Romans. 
being under the Roman government. And did the Roman government do everything well? No, they did not. They did not. Nevertheless, you're, that's the governing authority. You need to submit to them to the best of your ability as Christians. Verse 2. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God, and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For it is a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid. For it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God, an avenger, who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. Therefore it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For rulers are servants of God, devoting themselves to this very thing. Render to all what is due them. Tax to whom tax is due. Custom to whom custom. Fear to whom fear. Honor to whom honor. Alright, now I want to focus in on verse 4 there, where it talks about the sword. And I want to, uh, I want to really start by reading... Some notes by Brother Guy Orbison Jr. He is the minister up at Durango. Or no, well, yeah, he's still the minister there in Durango, but he's a retiring. Another preacher is going to be taking his spot. But he's put together some uh, commentaries for us for the tackling the text workshop we do each year in November. And I want to read you his thoughts on verses four and five here in Romans chapter thirteen. He writes. Logically, we are to submit to the governing authorities because they are God's appointed ministers to uphold what is right. Two expressions that explain the divine authority for earthly governments, for it is a minister of God to you for good. And the word minister employs the deacon term, which just means to be a servant. Since God established the role of rulers in the position of authority, they are all his ministers. Paul is not referring to any specific ruler or that every ruler has God's blessing for what he does, but rather God has established the office or position of authority in human affairs. To you for good could mean that they benefit you in keeping you on the straight and narrow, or that they they benefit you by maintaining law and order so that we may live peaceably. I, I tend to agree with that part. The second expression of divine authority is, quote, But if you do what is evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. Now, now I'm, this is me talking. I'm, I'm, I'm stopped reading his notes. But I, this is what I want us to look at. So let's listen closely to what he's got to say, and then we'll, we'll discuss it here. Since God established, this is Guy's notes, since God, since God established the earthly concept of authority, then earthly rulers are given the power of punishment. There can be no exercise of authority with, 
out the threat of punishment. To bear the sword speaks of the death penalty. Why else would Paul mention the sword? I, and not, now, this is me speaking. I agree. Why else? He's not saying, now, all right, bend over. I'm going to spank you. Or, oh, don't do it. And never actually use it. The sword is used to kill. Okay? If this was written today, it don't uh, 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 bear the gun for no reason. <laughs> so, here's the word sword. And uh, the word sword in the Greek is the term for the Roman short sword used in executing criminals. Paul is saying that God has given earthly authority the right of capital punishment. There really can be no dispute about this. Paul does not say that authority can throw you in jail. He is saying that authority can execute you. And Paul lists the ultimate power of exercising authority that God has given. So all lesser punishments are also included. If the government has the right to execution, they also have the right to incarcerate or to levy all kinds of fines for bad behavior. <laughs> okay, I agree. And doesn't that make sense? They don't look, look there at verse 4 again. For it does not bear the sword for nothing. He's got, he's, he gives you this image of somebody having a sword. You know, Lady Justice, she's got the sword. And what does that sword represent? Well, it's not there just for show. What do you use it for? You use it to kill. He's talking about execution. He's talking about capital punishment. How, how, Catholic Church, those of you in positions of authority in Catholicism, how can you justify that God that, that that capital punishment is not is not from God or is not applied today. Look at the New Testament. Look at Romans chapter thirteen. What do you think that says? You know what I should have done. I have the pulpit commentary behind me. Uh, that's written by the, the Catholic Church from long ago. I use it because they got some good illustrations in there. I like it. Um, I wonder what they've got to say about that. I'm almost positive what they're going to say capital punishment because they have uh, believed in capital punishment from its beginnings so it, it's crazy to me that they that they are now saying that that capital punishment is uh, not not uh, uh, should should be done away with that's that's just wrong they're absolutely wrong the only thing that my personal opinion I'm going to go with personal opinion here is, uh, uh, that we do here in America is that I feel like we give those who are on death row too much time to prove their innocence. Should they have time and an opportunity to prove their innocence? Absolutely. Should they be able to appeal? Yes. Should that take 20 years? No. 20 years? 15 even? 10? No. I think five. Five years is enough. More than enough. More than enough. But uh, it is what it is, and I submit myself to the governing authority. Now, if our government starts starts banning in uh, capital punishment, I'm going to have issue with that. That's going to create problems in society. You can't do that, I think, and we can't afford it. Anyway, that's a, a topic for another time. So that's what we see in the Bible. Look at the Old Testament. You can see capital punishment was 
open for a range of things. Uh, I have 12 listed here. Uh, then when we look in the New Testament, it doesn't, no, nowhere, nowhere in the New Testament do I see capital punishment condemned by Jesus or the apostles. In fact, Paul makes it pretty clear here in chapter 13 of Romans that governing authorities have the right, have the right to put someone to death for breaking the law. They have that right. God gave it to them, not me. And if God gave it to them, I cannot take it away. Well, uh, i got a couple of minutes left. Uh, I want to bring that to an end. If you have any comments or questions about this topic, please feel free to, to send me an email. Email me at chrismacy, C-H-R-I-S-M-A-C-Y, at outlook.com. Send me an email or log on to our website, uh, www.nvcoc.net. Click on the radio mic. You'll find our program right there at the top of that, and you can make a comment there. And we'd love to hear more about that. And, and so you know, I am working on something of, uh, uh, of putting these radio programs, the lessons I preach on Sunday morning, Sunday evening, my classes, as well as a video program, all in one place, better organized, and getting that all together. And we'll, I'll get that website up and running, hopefully, in the next couple of months. And I'll tell you about it here. And I hope it's a very useful feature uh, for you that maybe will help you in your studies. And, and that's my goal there. I know I'll have the sermons on there. Uh, I'm not a big fan of posting sermons because they're geared towards the North Valley congregation and for them uh, to build up the body of Christ there. And they're, they're a little long for folks to be able to listen to on their own time. Usually people don't, and especially nowadays, just don't have the time. And so I've been trying to put together um, little segments, smaller segments like videos of about 15 minutes. I want to put together uh, other things, even shorter, to, to, to kind of either encourage us, to help us along, to get us to think, and to help us in our own personal studies of the Bible. So I hope you're out there and you're, uh, you're doing that, uh, getting into your, the Word of God, looking into these things. Like when you see stuff like this with going on with uh, Pope Francis and the things he said, what does the Bible really say? Uh, don't subject yourself to, to men and their opinions. Don't subject yourself to me, in my opinion. Don't subject yourself to Pope Francis and his opinion. Open up the Bible and read it for yourself. Take a look at what the Word of God has to say. Look at Romans 13 and apply the mind and heart of God to yourself. And don't leave it to men to give you the interpretation for you. Study things things out like the noble Bereans to see if they are so. Thank you again for, for being here with me this afternoon. I hope the Lord blesses you in all that you do and that you continue to grow in your walk with Christ. May the Lord bless you. Have a great day. And remember to redeem the time. Make the most of every opportunity. Bring the message out. Sending up to sweep away till Shaddam the better day. Bring it out. Bring it out. Bring it out. Bring it out. Till the sinful world be one for Jehovah's mighty son. Bring it out. Bring it out. Bring it out. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.